My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today, um, I'm beyond, 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 beyond blessed to have Robin Charbot with me. And Robin is part of, um, co-author of the book, Invisible Power. He um, has this kick-ass program called, um, what is it called, Robin? What did I take with you? <laughs> Where did you well, blow you, my mind up? Uh, we have, we have an a, a introduction program called Invisible Power, like the book, Next, Next yeah. Paradigm. And then we have the advanced program, which we call The Power of the Principles in Business. Yes. Well, I took that. Real. And my mind got blown. And um, it's the go-to book that I give all my clients now and that I rave about because it is the most, um, there's so little ego and it keeps pointing to the same thing for every situation. And I just am honored to have you here. So thank you for coming on this podcast with me. It's a re real pleasure. And always, always a thrill to, and a joy to hang out with you. Well, thank you. So we were beginning and usually I have a shtick about, uh, not a shtick, but usually I'm really curious about what people see. But what I, what I see that you do better than anybody is that you really listen to what you help people be successful coaches. And you help people really see for themselves this at work, the insights. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what you see about that? Um, well, it's, it's been a journey for me because I, you know, I was an engineer by training, then I ran businesses, and then I was a management consultant. And particularly the management consultant, your job is to come in and tell people what to do. You come in, you analyze the situation, you see what either they don't see or they see and they can't do, and then you tell them what to do. And in high you know, 50% of the you know, the, the work we did, which was really good work. I mean, we were very solid and sophisticated and effective consultants, but 50% of what we did didn't change anything. And I came to realize, particularly when I came across principles, that unless some, something changes in the client, it doesn't matter what you say to people. You know, a simple example is who doesn't know that smoking is bad for you? You know, it's not a, it's not a secret, but the people who smoke... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. <laughs> well, I had a client who, who gave up smoking overnight, and I said, why did you give up? He said, I realized it was bad. I said, come on, you didn't know that? And he goes, well, yeah, but, you know, it just, it was like a vague idea that I didn't really think much about. And then all of a sudden, it hit me between the eyes, and the minute I really saw it deeply, in, in my words, the minute he realized it for himself, it was like a no-brainer to not smoke. Mm. And the funny thing is, he said, if I'd known it was this easy, I would have quit smoking years ago, but I had the story that it was too hard. So what I came to see, and particularly since I learned the principles, is that people have everything they need in, inside of them. There is this deep wisdom flowing through people. And the, 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 the only problem is access. 
So my job as a coach is for, to help people find in them what they need. Because the minute they do, it's like the person realizing smoking is bad. I mean, they've been told that for years, but it didn't, have any, didn't make a difference. The minute they realized it for themselves, it had all the impact they needed. So can you say, um, there's two things you said that I'd really love you to expand on. Like, what is realized to you? What does that mean? And what does that look like? Uh, well, um, we explain this to everybody who does our program because we don't think people learn this way on purpose, but they can. And the thing we explain to people is that, you know, as, as a human being, you can have new ideas. You know, you're waiting for the, for the light to change and you see someone on a bicycle and you go, oh, I wonder if I should buy a bike. And then the light changes and you move off. And so you'd had an interesting idea about whether you should buy a bicycle, but so what? We have thousands of them and they don't do much for us. Now, there's the next level of depth where you have an idea that I would call an insight. Now, insights change how you understand things. You, it's, you, oh my God, it's not like this, it's like that. And they can be good insights or they can be oh shit insights. You know, you, you realize something that you didn't, don't like, but it's a good thing you realized it or you saw it. Now, you look, a lot of people have insights and it doesn't change their lives. You know, it's something to then work on. It's something to try and bring into existence. And you can try willpower, but I've given up using willpower because I don't think that's effective. Now, what I've seen, Anna, and, and this might be all semantics, but I've seen there's something deeper than just a, a new idea that changes how the world looks. There's something which I call a realization, which at its um, you know, origins, it means to make something real. And for me, a realization is an insight that changes how the world looks, but you don't have to do anything to now live in that new world. It's like oh, automatic. Wow. So for example, when I became a parent, I didn't have to be convinced to love the child. I didn't have to be convinced to, to look after it. I didn't have to be convinced to give my life for the child. It's obvious. It takes no effort. It's, it's you know, it's like, Duh, why, you know, what else would I do? <laughs> Simple example, you know, when I was learning to drive a stick shift, you know, a manual car, you know, there's this thing called a clutch, which is a bit of a beast to learn. You know, in the beginning, it causes lots of amusement and, and discomfort and wear and tear. <laughs> but at some point you realize, oh, I just let the clutch up that much. I press the accelerator that much. And now when people, people who know how to drive a stick shift or a manual car, they don't have to think about it. They don't have to willpower themselves to change gear properly. It's like a, they've realized it, done. As opposed to something that you have to keep working hard at to get to. So what I've seen is people can have new ideas, you know, insights or realizations. Well, guess which ones make a difference? Yeah. So our job is to help people have realizations or insights that are effortless. And, and just to be clear, a realization isn't foolproof. You know, I, you know, you can forget momentarily. So, you know, you'll go to change gear and you forget to press the clutch and there'll be a nasty noise and you go, oh, yeah, use the clutch. But mostly it's, that requires no effort. We want our clients to get to that level of understanding about their mind. And... We want them to see it for themselves. So we want them to have the realization. You can't give anybody a realization. 
you can point them in the in the territory you can hang out with them while they look but the re the realization has to occur in them through the mental process that's going on in them and our job is to help them and, and what do you see is most of you know like so from a coaching perspective because i'm a coach and you know, I think the coaching model where I came from is just like that. Oh, I've got all this great information. Let me share it with you and throw up all over you. And I'm seeing the power is that people see it. But what do you see is like, what helps them? What's the best way? Not the best. You know what I mean? I'm trying to go like, what are yeah. what really seems to work better than most? Well, um, you can't determine and predict and force when someone has a realization, but you can stack the deck <laughs> the house rules <laughs> yeah yeah you know put a load the dice you know um so so for example when we run our programs we and this is programs in the corporate world which is most of our work we insist that people do nothing else during our program so we only do six to six and a half hours a day so before and after our program and during the breaks they do nothing they can't work they can't have meetings they literally have to chill out because the corporate world has become famous for using this thing called a break. And it's an oxymoron because it's not a break. You know, people go and do work on breaks mostly, you know. So we want people to have nothing on their mind because we know that the more space you give the mind, the more likely it is to have realizations. That's why people will play with something, get a sense of it, will do it, will use a lot of experiential exercises so that they can, you know make concrete something which is quite abstract and then they sleep on it and the next day you say well what have you realized and they go you know what i just saw this so space space helps the second thing that helps is being simple if i give you a really really complicated explanation of a point i fill your head up and as i fill your head up your ability to think about it for yourself goes down so for example we we, we've been experimenting, and you've seen us do this. Rather than do a 45-minute piece on what the principles are or how thought works or how mind works, we'll do a three-minute piece just to tee it up. And then we'll put people into breakout groups and have them explore what they think it is with minimal guidance from us and tell them that they will be confused and it isn't about getting the right answer. It's about seeing what you think about. Now, it's amazing when they come back, there's, a, there's some groups that are completely confused, they miss the point, but it's amazing how much wisdom starts to come out. You know, I, I did a group, um, I worked with a group that uh, just finished this week, actually. And when we did that, and we were asking them about mind, you know, the power behind life, you know, what the, the source of life is, um, and they came back and said, well, isn't that everywhere? Which is true, but yeah. them seeing it was so much more, so much more powerful than us telling them as, as a good idea. And then we did we did three rounds of this on the three different principles. And on the third one, someone, in fact, two people said, "Why have you come up with three? Is aren't they all the same? Aren't they really oh, one? Wow. Can can you really separate them? Can you have thought without consciousness? And can you have either of those without mind? I mean, and how come they saw this? We didn't tell them." So what we've found is if you keep it simple and have them look, they'll see something because it's in them. 
So, Beautiful. you know, the, the way to favor the realization is ensure space, ensure people are rested, um, ensure that you give them a bit of guidance, but not too much, and then let them muck around. And what you do is you, pay, you play the sort of the, the, um, the person who keeps them on the playing field by gently, when they go off in the wrong direction, you nudge them back. But it's a very deft touch. It's not heavy-handed. It's not lecturing. It's, you know, okay, great. What about this? So we, we found if you do those two things, and then the last thing, which is sort of underlies um, all of them, is make whatever you share relevant, or whatever you point to, or whatever experiment you do. Because if, if it's not relevant, they won't look. So say what, when you, um, say more about make it relevant, what you mean by that. <clears throat> okay. Give an example, please. Yeah, so I, I was, this is in 2019 or something, I was asked to come into a company. I, the CEO was a, a long time client took over and took over a new company wanted me to meet the leadership team and I met one charming guy but his mind was a mile a minute you know he was he was a busy bee and I could see talking to him that he was thinking up a storm I mean his mind was cranking so I asked him I said um have you uh, uh is your mind always this busy now it was a diagnostic question did he realize that or not and he says yeah, pretty much. It's always got a lot on. It's always going, it's always cranking. I said, really, everywhere? And he, he paused. I mean, and hence the power of a question. When you ask someone a question, they have to think about something. So he, he paused and said, well, actually, no, not everywhere. I said, well, where is your mind not busy? He said, I, I'm a professional soccer coach, or so, soccer referee. So I referee matches, but I referee them at quite a high level. You know, this isn't college. This is like clubs, you know, professional clubs, regions, you know. Uh, county games, all sorts of things. And so he said, it's a pretty intense level. And the stakes are always high. And he says, it doesn't matter what goes on in the field. It doesn't matter what goes on in the stands. I'm always completely quiet. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, someone does a foul, you, put, you give them a red card, they get sent off. And of course, all their teammates come around you, come on, ref, and you know, they get, start trying to push me around because they don't want their teammates thrown out. Or the crowd starts throwing bottles because, you know, matches, soccer games are always, particularly at a high level, quite polarized. He said, I'm never fearful. I never feel intimidated. And I said, well, what happens to you? Do you know what to do? He said, I always see what to do. It takes no effort. Hmm. Now, this told me he had A, awareness of his inner life, and B, he had an anomaly in his life of actually being grounded that didn't seem to match the rest of his life. And I, as he told me, I could see him, as he told me about it, I could see him relishing the, the, his, reliving that experience. So I then said to him, Anna, what would it be like if you had that capacity at work? And his head sort of almost jerks back like he just got punched. And he's like, wow. I mean, because he, he, could, he could translate, he could make the bridge. He said, that would be amazing. How do I get that? Mm relevant it seems like relevance is what they care about well is in the world true? of business that yeah i mean people are busy they don't have time to waste and you might be a nice and interesting person but if you're not relevant they don't have time for you anna they got stuff to I, do. 
Um, the other thing that you said that really struck me is you said you helped help them or help them find in them what they need. What does that mean to you? Like when you're coaching somebody, that's what you're looking for. Well, what it means is that if they can get quiet enough, they will get the insights that they need. So, so for example, I'm working with a gentleman. He's just been made the COO six, uh, six months ago. I've known him for a while. And he calls me up and said, Robin, you've got to help me out. I'm dying. I mean, it's, I'm, I work till six and then finally at six o'clock, everybody leaves and I can get to do my own work. But I mean, it's crazy. I just, I'm not getting to my own work. So I said, well, what, what do you need? He says, I want to fix the problem. I said, okay, well, given what you've learned, what would fix the problem? And he thinks to him and he says, I need an insight. I said, perfect. Let's go looking for an insight together. So I'm sitting with him and I say, well, what consumes the most of your time in a month? He says, oh, easy, easy. I've got 25 direct reports. I meet with each of them one hour a week, uh, one, hour, one hour a month. I'm thinking, wow, that's 25 hours gone. I mean, that's half a week. And I said, oh, well, okay. So that's your biggest thing. He said, that's the biggest time cons consumer that I have on my. So I said, why do you meet with them once a month? You know, just asking him a question. I'm just curious. I'm just being curious about what he's talking to me about. And he says, well, they're my people. I got to look after them. I got to be in touch with them. I got to help them. You know, I'm, I'm their boss. And he's laying out his thinking. So I listened to him and then Another thought occurs to me, well, do they all need to see you one hour a month? I mean, are they all brand new, they barely can shave, you know, and they're just figuring out how to walk, or are, are any of them seasoned? And he reflects and says, actually, no, about, about 12 of them are pretty seasoned people. They're, I mean, they're solid people, professional, they know what they're doing. I said, do they need to meet with you one hour a month? He says, no, they don't actually. So he says, great, you saved me 12 hours. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. I said, hang on, let's look further. You know, it's like when you go to the buffet, you don't load up your plate on, on the first thing on the buffet because <laughs> maybe there's something better further down, you know. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so I said, what about the other 13? He said, oh, yeah, they need me. I said, do they need, all need you the same amount? He says, what do you mean? I said, well, do you see any of them during the month other than your one-on-ones? He said, of course, they're my people. We're in meetings all the time. I said, when you see them in meetings, would you be able to discern whether they're doing okay or they're flapping around and they need to see you? He goes, no, I, could, I, can, I can see whether they're doing well or not. I said, well, if you looked at those 13, what frequency do they really need to see you? So he reflects him, and again, he looks inside. I mean, that's the power of a question. People look inside. And he says, you know, four of them are brand new. They're green. You know, every month come hello high water, I need to be meeting with them. I mean, yeah, that's, but you know, the other nine, maybe they don't all need every month. I said, well, what do you think? He said, well, maybe on average every two months. Maybe one person needs every month and that someone doesn't need it for three months. But on average, let's say those nine 
need it every two months. I said, okay, that's four and a half hours per month plus the four green people, that's nine and a half hours. So in a 10 minute conversation, Anna, we went from 25 hours down to nine and a half hours. Wow. And all I did, I just was curious and I kept asking him questions. And then he was the one who was like, And, and it's because it, you know, this is goes back to the principles. It's because you understand how the mind works. Yeah. Who's going to live his life better, him or me? Him. I'm not living with him. I'm not his you know, married to him, living in the same house. We're not roommates. I don't know his life. And I particularly don't know his psychological life very well, other than what he's told me. But if I, if I strongly believe that there's wisdom flowing through the system, there's always wisdom. My job is to redirect him to look at that wisdom and see what it says. And you need a bit of basic understanding and education so that you can quickly go there and call. I mean, when I'm in a call, how are you doing? We chat about you know, what's going on, but we're not in the content and drama of like much before it's like, okay, what, what do you need? What, what would be helpful? And they either asked me a question about their grounding. You know, I got really bent out of shape in this meeting and we helped them out with that. Or they have a problem and we explore it like the example I just gave you. But in both cases, all we're doing is having them look at the understanding that they have to, to see what answers can surface for them. It, you know, I, I'm listening to you and it's so simple the way that yeah. you're, it really is. And as a coach, I can go gunk this up faster. Like I can. <laughs> and that's what's so funny is to watch it. It's like I become ungrounded. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was running a meeting as a client of mine. They, they had, had me run a meeting for their top. It's a, a group I've trained and we were doing a, a specific business issue that needed to be resolved. And I was running the, the, the facilitating meeting. And one of the people, the head of communication, had, had a specific role to explain how this, this new thing was going to get um, communicated. Anyway, the, the minute she explained how it was going to happen, there were 27 communications experts in the room giving her feedback. And everybody was, oh, I wouldn't write it that way. You know, it was like, you know, um, uh, what do they say? A, a camel is a, a horse designed by a committee, you know. Um, <laughs> Now, she was the communications expert. She reacted. She got up because they were saying, don't use that slide. Why did you do this? And she reacted. Now, she had the presence of mind to remember that the reaction was coming from her, not from them. They were doing all this, you know, these comments. But she, so she withdrew and got, tried to be as quiet as she could. She you know, tucked her arms in so nothing would get chopped off. But at some point, she was struggling. So she came over to me and says, you've got to help me out. I'm, I'm in a big reaction here. Well, who are all these people? What do you think they're doing? Blah, blah, blah. So we sat down and I said, well, what's the issue? Well, you know, they're doing this. And I did all this work and I, I stopped her literally within two minutes. I said, listen, they're doing what they're doing, but that's not the cause of your reaction. She said, yeah, yeah I know, I know it's inside out, but. And I said to her, and I've never said this to anybody. I said to her, but is dangerous. Because the minute you say but, there's, you're, you're implying there's an exception to inside out. And the minute you 
think there's an exception. What's your ego going to do with that exception? It's going to jump in and stretch it out. And it's, listen, it's really clean. No one out there can upset you. No one out there can do anything to you physically, mentally, without you having an experience in your mind. So cut out the butt. And she saw it. She said, oh, my God, I keep shooting myself in the foot with the butt. It's my daughter. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm her mother. No, 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 no. So she got it. She had this massive realization. And then she calmed down and she was like, got it. She said, okay, but now there's a practical problem. I have uh, didn't hear what all the people were talking about. So I, I've got none of the feedback that was being shared. I, I, I don't know what to do with their feedback. And I said, well, listen, if you hadn't been in a reaction, the way the the, the deep wisdom works in the mind is that as people mention things, you would have seen some of them resonated and you could tell they were, they were gold. And other people were just you know, inexperienced people with an opinion. So you could have sat there while people were criticizing you, but you would have noticed there were nuggets. She said, yeah, I know, but I missed the nuggets because I was, I was so caught up. I said, well, grounded people notice the nuggets. Who was grounded in that room? She said, well, she listed three people. I said, go and ask them what the nuggets were. So she got the three of them together. They had a 15-minute conversation. They told her all the nuggets. She got all the feedback she needed to upgrade her presentation. Okay, so you just, um, the thing that I learned from you the most, well, I mean, one of, no, this is the thing. The depth of our grounding is the, the amount of my, the depth of my grounding is the power that I have to impact people. In the moment. In the moment. Yeah. And I just yeah. saw that again. And, yeah. And when I'm not grounded, I don't have much power. And there's nothing wrong with, with being ungrounded, provided you realize it. And the thing that you, you do, you and Ken, you know, because that's who I've taken it with is you and Ken, do so beautifully is you keep on pointing people, coaches, to the depth of their grounding. How grounded, how, how deep do you really see this and how do you keep seeing it in every situation? And just like our clients, we're on that same journey. There's no limit to how deeply you can see the principles. Or you see what the principles are pointing to rather, because the principles are, you know, in the world, they're a form that Sid came up with to explain this deep, you know, this deep, deep system that you can only perceive intuitively. But if you look, um, if, you, if you keep remembering that uh, how they work, you're fine. And sometimes, you know, it, you're, you know, you're deeply connected to the wisdom in life and, and, and uh, noticing it and can tap into it and can be informed by it. And then all the rest of the time, you're still just as deeply connected. You just can't hear the message. Yeah. So yeah, yesterday, you know. there was a, I had one moment of brilliance. Yesterday I was hiking with a client and um, I was talking about wisdom and we passed a sign and I said, did you see the sign? He goes, no. And I said, well, it's still there just because we don't see it. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the wisdom is always working. Sometimes we just don't notice it, but it's still there. 
grounding is at its essence being awake to seeing understanding realizing there's deep intelligence behind life and realizing that it has your back even when things are you know messy it's always there never goes away and maybe even there's intelligence in the mess if you could stand stand back and look at it but once you see that it becomes like gravity i don't get up in the morning anna and worry whether i'm going to float off into space as i step out of my bed <laughs> gravity it's in the bank i've realized it don't need to think about it ain't going anywhere done well the more you can see how the mind works at that level you'll go through an interesting ride of being ungrounded and grounded um but if you can be aware as that's happening you're fine being ungrounded and unaware is where life can get messy yeah no that i i i'm seeing that at a deeper and deeper level every day i see that i i start to spin but i know i'm okay <laughs> i'll stop at Nothing some wrong point with spinning. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's fun or maybe it's informing maybe it's telling you something right yeah. maybe maybe you're getting ungrounded and having a reaction because there's something for you to learn yeah always in curiosity well robin we are at our end and i um i just always feel so blessed talking with you i just feel so grateful that i've come across your path well, and a, my merge it's, it's a real pleasure anna to to be on this journey with all these lovely people who are who want this direction so you know it's i should thank you it's thank you for the opportunity to dig deeper and remember again and maybe see a bit more yeah thank you if if people want to know about this upcoming class where do they look where do they find out about it uh well we uh, we have a um our main business website is insight principles and that's principles uh you know ples.com but we do some public programs we do a couple of them a year and those are on insightprinciplesinstitute.com because it's it's a separate activity and then um you know you can use either one either of those websites there's a there's a contact uh, page Great. where you can put in details and let us know what you're interested in or what would be helpful and it just as my plug for coaches learning how to coach using this this is one of the most profound courses that I've taken that really I just saw how it brought me to the next level and the way that you guys see it and the clarity and the simplicity and the devotion and i'm using that word specifically to the principles to this understanding so so thank you oh, no thank you anna